0: Food Freedom Radio, I'm Laura Headland, and I'm very pleased to be uh, joined in studio with Terry Gibbs. He's the founder of the Alliance for Sustainability, a sustainable uh, leader, a business consultant, an author, an ecologist, and an agricultural economist. And uh, joining us from Boston is Frances Moore LePay. She's an American researcher and author in the area of food and democracy policy. She's the author of 20 books, including um, the three million copy bestseller, 1971 book, Diet for a Small Planet, um, which uh, was named uh, by some S- Smithsonian as one of the most influ- influential pro- political tracks of all time. So welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Terry. I'm very excited, uh, Terry and Frances, uh, excited about this conversa- conversation. So uh, Francis, just tell us a little bit about your personal story. What brings oh, you to this work?
1: Story. Well, I have to start with a surprising fact that I grew up in a city whose nickname is Cowtown. <laughs> that is Fort Worth, Texas. And one was never that far from the smell of the stockyards. Maybe that was part of my inspiration of the path that I took, but that was my beginning. And then what changed my life was in um, really the late 60s when Paul. Ehrlich published the Population Bomb and I was this lost young woman just out of college and I I had to find a pathway and so when I heard this idea that we were running out of food I thought oh food (laughs) that's basic if I could just understand why people are hungry I would find my own pathway and so I had access to the Berkeley Library. And with my dad's slide rule, I'll probably our audience doesn't even know what a slide rule is, but I sat in the Berkeley Library with friendly librarian, I put the numbers together and I was shocked. I said, wait a minute, You know, there's more than enough for all of us. We, the bright species, we are creating scarcity out of plenty. And so that was the beginning of my journey, You know, wanting to share it with the world. So I started with a one page handout, and it just kind of grew, <laughs> so that was the beginning.
0: And then I, I love that that image that you know, just kind of doing the math yourself and realizing, you know, the world is really abundant, and it's our story on scarcity that is the problem, or is that's causing a lot of harm?
1: Yes, yes. Fear has a very powerful um, impact on the human brain; it shuts us down.
0: <laughs> cool. And Terry, your story.
2: Well, um, my, my story has a lot to do with Francis Morlape, who, who I call Frankie. And so Frankie and I had gotten to know each other when I was at the Yale School of Management through some mutual friends, and we had many, many discussions about big topics. And one of the things that we talked about were some themes from her book, uh, from her books, actually Diet for a Small Planet and Food First, Beyond the Myth of Scarcity. And one of the things that Frankie had argued in the book very powerfully is that we have enough food to feed everybody on the planet, but there are political and economic systems that stop people from getting the food that we need. And I was, that really blew my mind. That was a huge uh, insight for me 50 years ago when I first read that. And as we were talking um, I sort of kept thinking about it, and I went, yeah, but Frankie, the way that we're growing the food is destroying the planet. So is it possible that we could feed everybody on the planet without destroying it in the process? And she gave an answer that I will never forget, and she said, I don't know. Why don't you go find out? And that really sent me on a journey around the world uh, for a year and a half to 45 different countries to see what is the answer. And the great news is, the answer is yes, that we can. And that's thanks to organic, regenerative types of farming all over the world by often very brave people. And so um, I met all these great leaders all over the world, and we decided that there was a need to bring together an organization to really advocate for this. And so there were about five of us that came together, ultimately to create what became the International, was the International Alliance for Sustainable Agriculture, um, now the Alliance for Sustainability. And we co-founded that in 1983 on May 18th with Frances Moore LaPay. Frankie came, she did the green ribbon untying. Uh, We had a fabulous organic uh, dinner. For 450 people, she gave an inspiring talk. And that was the beginning of the alliance. And uh, um, so we're very – this is sort of coming full circle to be able to have Frankie be able to join us.
0: So I want to – you have an event coming up and give you a chance to talk about that event.
2: Yeah. Um, So on May 18th, literally the same date of 40 years ago, Uh, Thursday, May 18th, um, we are having a fabulous 40th anniversary celebration that will feature Frankie and uh, great music by Larry Long and Mary Harris, which will be fabulous. And we've just announced six awardees of our Sustainability Award. We gave our very first Sustainability Award to Frankie 20 years ago. Um, and she came and gave another great talk 20 years ago um, for our anniversary. So it's really special to be able to have her back. And this is going to be a phenomenal French Meadow Bakery and Cafe in Minneapolis. And I am very pleased. Um, We're going to have an amazing uh, reception and a great uh, organic um, plant-based dinner that's completely gluten-free, um, a lot of seasonal ingredients, some of the best foods from French Meadow, so a wonderful buffet, so it'll be really fun. And then uh, we're going to have the um, some proclamations and, and the sustainability awards, and following that, we'll... Um, and also some great music from Mary and from Larry. And um, I will share a little bit about our past and where we are now and where we're going, our vision uh, for the next 40. And then we're going to get to hear from Frankie. And that will all be followed by a wonderful dessert uh, social and also uh, book signing, uh, Frankie's books. And we'll have some of those books to be able to sell. And the, and the new news, which has just happened thanks to a major donor, is that we are going to offer um, uh, tickets for the program and for the dessert social for only $25. Oh,
0: um, so we're
2: just announcing this and, um, thanks to this generous donor. So we're really pleased. So about if that. people
0: want to show up, um, how do they get information? Do they have to,
2: they can go to our website, which is a F O R S dot O-R-G. That stands for Alliance for Sustainability, A F O R G. Um, uh, a, a- F O R S dot O R G, and um, uh, we will. The it's also on Eventbrite, uh, so for May eighteenth for the fabulous, fortieth uh, anniversary celebration.
0: So, um, so Francis, what do you think? I'm just going to let you pop in and uh, reflect on anything you'd like at this point.
1: Well, I wanted to tell Terry that I still have the award you gave me, <laughs> uh, in a place in our home where I see it almost every day so you're very much with me and i just am so touched at how our paths have have um, continued to touch each other and and uh, of course mine is as you know has taken me uh, in the direction of trying to get at those economic and political roots more directly and so for example we are sponsors of a website where people can learn about democratic reform in our country is called democracymovement.us um, and my most recent book is called Daring Democracy. So that's, I've been trying to, I think of it as my two feet, you know, of my food foot and then my democracy foot and it's all connected. You know? And uh, I kind of like the idea of, of just continuing my life walking, you know, on both feet. And so that's the art of it, the challenge of it. Does that answer your question?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm, we're going to talk, I'm going to take a deep dive into this idea of living democracy. What do you mean by that? And what is what this all means for the food? But the two of you have so much um, accumulated knowledge and wisdom. Um, I think I'm going to jump into this question right now. I was gonna, is What is food freedom to you? What does what those words mean?
1: Well, living democracy enables true freedom. You know, we think of, Freedom has become just kind of a banner, but freedom really is having, being able to make choices that are life-serving for yourself and your family, everyone. And so that means living democracy. And what I mean by living democracy is it is not simply a structure of government that we think about every few years and go to the ballot box. Living democracy is a pathway, a way of living together where we assume that the good life is both in having having um, rights, yes, but also responsibilities. Responsibility is another word for power. You know, when you have responsibility for something, it means you have a voice. And so that then doesn't stop at the ballot box or simply at elections, but it has to do with our daily life. Living democracy is choosing food (laughs) that is enhancing life on earth. Living democracy is working for a workplace where everyone has a voice, democracy, not just the, the, uh, the board of directors, right, but more and more cooperatively and more and more labor power. So it's, it's an ethic. It's an understanding that human beings, all of us, need power in our lives, we need meaning in our lives, and we need to feel we're connected to others. And so living democracy is the only pathway that I feel can meet those three basic human needs beyond the physical, just our being needs.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, what I love about Frankie, there are many things, but you know, she changed our world 50 years ago when she came out with this book that made us think completely differently about food and our relationship to food. She went on to talk about our economy and made us think completely differently about what capitalism means and, and how it could be. Um, and I'm hearing we're, we're about we're to do We're gonna take a break cut. and we're right, gonna come right we're we're back, back to and, and
0: we're gonna talk more about living and what is the diet for a small plant. And I think the other thing that it helped remind us is that Earth is actually a small planet. It's not this big unknown place, but it's a small place, um, and it's our home. And how do we honor our home? And how do we create and eat in a way that uh, honors our home? You're listening to Food Freedom Radio, and we'll be right back. This hole is out of Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and very pleased to have in studio with me uh, Terry Gibbs. He's the founder of the Alliance for Sustainability. And joining us from Boston is Francis Moore Lappe, um, uh, author of the famous book 1970, from 1971, Diet for a Small Planet. And uh, Francis, when you're on break, you were telling us about uh, a poor grade you got in writing. Once upon a time,
1: right? One of the reasons that I never imagined I'd be a writer is that my very first English paper got a big fat C on it, which I can still see in here. So I I tell students that often because I really want to encourage us to believe that if we have something that we think is important to share, we'll figure out the writing part of it. You know, don't worry, if you just care enough, you'll figure out a way to communicate it. And so I like to tell that story to students.
2: (laughs) And, and one thing I just would like to say about Frankie and her way of doing things, she's always asking questions, like the core questions. And I think for young people to be able to ask those questions, and one of the questions she always has asked is, where's the money? Who? Where is that coming from? And that really dictates so much of what goes on in terms of democracy, in terms of so many, you know, our food system, so many different areas. And I think when we can get to that kind of question, um, a lot of things become very apparent.
1: Thank you, Terry. In fact, we were just checking this morning about the 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 lobbyist army of lobbyists from agribusiness versus the defense industry. and I think we're pretty much on par, right in that more there are more agribusiness lobbyists than there are defense industry lobbyists. That should tell us something about power and about our democracy itself and the need for citizens to step up and remove the power of private wealth over our system. Uh, We rank, by the way, very poorly. Uh, We don't in the in the measures of democracy worldwide. We're not even up there with our our, what we think as our peers up in the first 20, say we are way down around 50. So, you know, this is um, this is really serious to to make sure that Uh, we're not living a a false idea of who we are as the united states and the good news is i often say to myself wait if we were the best that would really be problematic because we know a lot of the problems so the fact that we're not the best we have many that we can learn from and so just on the food part i've been so touched by looking around the world and seeing uh countries you know from the netherlands sweden you name it where the government is actually helping to move toward a plant-centered, more plant-centered eating, and that's uh, very interesting.
2: And you know, and one of the things that I've experienced, Frankie, is that like in Sweden, the whole. Um, idea of democracy um, is really grassroots democracy where they have a very high percentage of people who vote, things are done at the local level, people feel really engaged um, and connected. And I think that that affects, like you said, the food system, but it really affects pretty much everything else that goes on in the country when people have that feeling of ownership and responsibility and what does it mean to be a citizen. I think it's so powerful.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we had a news story about, uh, I mean, the epidemic of loneliness and anxiety and depression and that the human animal, um, uh, having a, a feeling of belonging is actually a necessity. We need that nourishment of being a member of a community, and Absolutely. and and a lot of that membership has almost been I, I don't know it's almost like thinganized or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so how we create and and, that, and so that that living democracy is different than just red blue here you are this this right, is my tribe. Right. It, it's actually about um, okay. having agency in our That's lives. True. Yes,
1: because I I often think that that need, as you say, that need for connection is so central to our human nature. But if we don't find it positively, through positive action together, through envisioning and building something better, how do we meet it? We meet it by shrieking, you know, blaming, blaming, blaming. And that's, I think, such a tragedy of our country today that so many people are finding meaning by just saying, oh, they're worse than we are, you know. So- I love Terry's work because it focuses on the positive and bringing us together. It's really not, it doesn't fall for that othering uh, strategy to pull people together.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that, Frankie. And one of the things, um, Frankie, one of her many awards is the um, Alternative Nobel Prize. Um, the right Livelihood Award. And one of our fellow awardees uh, has deep, also deeply affected the thinking of the alliance. Um, and that's Dr. Manfred Moxneef, a uh, Chilean economist um, who mm-hmm. talked about bottom-up people-centered sustainable development. And he was known as the barefoot uh, doctor or barefoot economist, sorry, in Latin America and in Africa. And he's put forward these ideas about what our fundamental needs are, which is far more evolved than what we think of with Maslow. And those needs address exactly what Frankie was just talking about in terms of uh, everything from subsistence and security, but identity, meaning, creativity, participation, leisure, learning, uh, affection, and transcendence, uh, and, and freedom. And I think all of those things are really core to who we are. And once I learned about that, from these people in Sweden um, with the natural step, we incorporated that at the alliance. And we have found that it is something that can bring together Republicans and Democrats, independents, Greens, all these people, because these fundamental needs apply to every single person. And we're trying to talk in these kinds of positive ways about how we all have these needs. And often what we're doing is we get defensive or we get into these polarized camps Instead of really like, how can we come together?
0: Well, and, and I think um, some of that polarization is intentionally designed because you keep people divided <laughs> and then you have more power. And so part of this living democracy is learning how to work through our differences and accept that, you know, we're all not going to be. We are all unique. We all bring up these own stories, but they can mix together, and that's sort of this living democracy is in having an an ethics or a um, something even deeper, sort of a, a living, um, um, a living um, uh, a way of accepting each other's as as individuals and as a member of a shared group. Yeah, and it's
1: also assumptions. I think what you're saying and what we're all saying is that we. We have swallowed this myth that human beings are just these selfish little shoppers, right? We're just narrowly self-interested, we're materialistic and and that's all we can really be. But actually, you know, I love to cite this one study of toddlers where uh, it shows our need to be helpful because the this experiment is set up on one side of the room where these toddlers who've never been trained to do anything you know right. And on the other side are are fumbling adults who are trying to get books on a shelf. And the little toddlers just run over and try to help, help, help. And I just, you know, we all enjoy being part of the solution. And so that, it grounds all of my life that it's really welcoming people, not browbiting, but welcoming.
2: And, and, you know, I I couldn't agree more. And Frankie is just a great example of doing that in her writing and speaking and her work. Um, and what we found at the alliance is that with these mox needs, that people really do want to be citizens. People care. They want to contribute. They want to make a difference. But we have been brainwashed into thinking that we are just consumers. And after 9-11, all of us wanted to contribute. All of us wanted to make a difference. All of us wanted to serve and and in some way, shape, form, like have purpose. And I would love to just talk more about that when we come back.
0: Yeah, we're going to take a little bro- break. Uh, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio. Very pleased to have Terry Gibbs, the founder of the Alliance for Sustainability, and Frances Maura LaPay, um, author of Diet for a Small Planet, as well as 19 other, 19 other books. Uh, again, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Headland, and very pleased to have in studio with me uh, Terry Gibbs. He's the founder of the Alliance for Sustainability and Frances Maura LaPay, um author of uh, the best-selling book, Diet for a Small Planet, um, also uh, founder of uh, many organizations, including Food First. And, Terry, when we went on break, we wanted to, you wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, she kindness and um, this other, these ideas of how our food system is connected in so many ways.
2: Yeah. In the wake of the murder of George Floyd, um, we really felt, and you know, amidst the COVID crisis, you know, pandemic and uh, threats to democracy and the global climate crisis, we really felt that at the Alliance for Sustainability, we really needed to step up. We had been working on resilient cities and communities, and we really felt that. We needed to call out the need for sustainability, health, equity, and kindness. And we developed what we call our She Kindness Campaign. And um, it's really designed to bring together, to, to support and amplify the work um, of all kinds of great groups uh, working um, that are aligned with all of this, working in the same direction to amplify their work. And to create a an alliance of more than a million people and organizations committed to sustainability, health, equity, and kindness. And we have three different uh, program areas um, in that. One is our policy program. We do a weekly take action. The second is to do um, to work with businesses to transform businesses. And the third is our school program, our She Kindness school program. And what we're wanting to do with that is. 70 percent right now of young people today are really struggling they're feeling a sense of overwhelm and eco-anxiety with what's going on and we feel it's one of the most important things we can do is to have them have a sense of hope and a sense of power by making a difference. So we've developed a great ebook. we've developed a great program uh, to go into their schools. So we're looking for schools across the country where we can be able to share this, um, to really empower them to take action, to make a difference in their communities, in their homes, uh, in their schools, and uh, to bring about a fundamental shift. And we feel that that is one of the most effective ways that they can not only feel power, and we've seen that, um, but they can also really uh, learn and grow as future leaders, which we feel is really important.
0: So Frances, talk a little bit about that eco-despair. Well, <clears throat> I, I
1: um, want to answer that right off the really interesting things that you just said, Terry, that um, I think we both share this idea mm-hmm. that hope is power <laughs> you know, it, it is it is a form of power because um it opens our minds to possibilities and it's also contagious that if if you you want to be around people who have a sense of possibility and so that's often what i talk about is that okay it's um may be hard to be an optimist <laughs> in this point in our trajectory on our earth but I like to call myself a possibilist in the sense that I think it is possible that our acts and the kind of things that Terry is doing, everything he just said, that it is possible that each of us together joining in that kind of activity can tip the scale. Can tip, it, it will be one thing lead to the next. We cannot predict the, the speed at which that can can uh, proliferate, right? So I, I really think this sense of well, it's maybe too tough to be an po- optimist, but to be a possibilist, we really need to be nourished by others. And so I often say, find at least one buddy who's given up on despair. You know, and said, okay, I'm going to be a possible. Find one buddy. And the way that we become possible is ourselves to do something we thought we could not do because we've got to believe that others can do what they thought they could not do, mm-hmm. that is courage. And so, uh, as I say, you know, courage is at the heart of it and it's contagious and finding one person and committing t- together to do something that you thought you couldn't do, whether it's speaking up or going to a special event and making new friends or talking in your classroom about, something that is um, really passionate for you, but others might not catch on, or not everybody in the class, but you you, you risk speaking out. So I, I love that. I love what Terry just said, and I feel it's so aligned. Um, and And also just on this point, we never know who's watching, right? When we do what we thought we could not do, And somebody who knows us said, wait a minute, that was kind of gutsy or something. They think, oh, maybe I can do something. And so, wherever you are, whatever you thought, oh, I might go to that meeting or I might speak out or I might make that phone call, you know, each time we do that nervy, you know, thing, it enables us to think, oh, maybe the next step. So, I really liked what Terry had to say.
0: And I love what you said there about giving up on despair. Now, on your website, you have a free download of several of your books, and one of it's uh, one of the um, downloads is "It's Not Too Late: uh, Crisis, <laughs> Opportunity, and the Power of Hope." But one of the things we have to do is um, grasp the big realities and grasp where we stand and do that um, full-heartedly. And um, so here's, here's a sentence. Um, in, in late 2019, the U.N. issued a dire warning that the Earth is on track to warm by a potentially catastrophic 3.4 to 3.9 degrees Celsius by 2011, um, unless we start slashing greenhouse gases more than 7.5% every year for the next decade, um, any hope of keeping warming below two, two degrees. So, I mean, the situation is dire. And we don't want to just, oh, we could be hopeful and everything's going to be cool because we have to sort right, of right, right. walk in that and walk in that despair at the same time that we're giving up on despair. Right.
1: Uh, yeah i mean to say the sense of urgency a sense of but it also gives us a sense of incredible power aren't people alive today on earth look what we hold in our hands you know the future of not just our species so many others you know where biodiversity onslaught is just happening everywhere in the world we're losing our fellow creatures so it it, it is incredibly uh, shocking but it is also wow mm. i'm alive in this moment where every choice i make it just has has unbelievable ripples. And so that's that's also, it comes with a sense of power. And and I think we need that, uh, this. So I think it really works for me anyway, this sense of being a possibleist that, and that uh, I'll never know the full impact of my acts, but I do know that I can't just go along, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna step up in any way I can.
2: Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. And- And I think that the opportunities are so immense. When we began the alliance 40 years ago, when Frankie began, uh, you know, wrote her book more than 50 years ago, I mean, we, this idea that you could have a plant-based diet or that renewable energy would end up costing less than solar was like, I mean, less than fossil fuels was like a pipe dream. Those things weren't even possible. The women's movement, the LGBTQ movement, so many of these things weren't even in a reality. People would say you're crazy to be thinking that that can change, and it has changed. And I think that there's more and more, especially with young people that we work with at the Alliance, we have interns from around the country, they are engaged, they are bright, they're capable, and they want to change the world. And I think we can do that very quickly if we have this sort of different sense about who we are and what our power is. And as Frankie has talked about, and change our democracy so that it's really livable, functioning, and and people can feel engaged. And so I think it's really, an even though we have all these serious challenges and threats, serious threats, I think we can do this if we act now. And I think that's what Frankie's work is. That's what we're committed to at the Alliance. And that's what we're going to be celebrating, you know, how we take these next steps.
0: Yeah, and I'm just gonna. So, also on this free download, um, some of the good news: um, The economic gains of going green. Um, already, 3.2 million Americans work in clean energy sector. That's outnumbering jobs in the fossil fuel industry three to one. <laughs> um, we know we've stepped up before. We've had incredible activism around pipelines, and I love AM 950 and Native Ritz Radio. We've 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 really done a great work um, 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 countering these this pipeline mentality, um, and. Uh, but but on average, each citizen in Europe emits less than half of the percent of, of the carbon as we do in the America. So as you say, right now, there's a real opportunity to, to step up. And um, I just also I want to make sure I give you a chance to even, um, uh, Francis, to say some of the ideas in the book Diet for a Small Planet. Um, it was written 50 years ago. What, what ideas are most resonating? And just give you a chance to respond and say anything you want.
1: Well, it's a pretty simple idea, and that is that every time we put anything into our bodies, we're connecting with the earth, either for good or bad. And the more that we choose food that is chemical, not being treated with chemicals, because that's causing so much ill health for people and destroying biodiversity. And it's also that the corporate chemical agriculture is creating runoff, you know, from... Into the waterways that create dead zones, so we're even killing ocean life with our diet, right? Um, so, you know, our our everyday choices do matter, and so choosing a non-chemicalized as much as possible organic. Sometimes it's not possible, but and and in the plant world that we are drastically reducing uh, the footprint, the the all sorts of ways in terms of uh, biodiversity, for example, but also uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so I think that that uh, really um, that um, uh, just, I would look down at my notes here and I was struck by a, a person in um, the Midwest at the University in the Midwest who, who says that just uh, not even become a vegetarian, but just, a Mediterranean diet, you know, where meat is a kind of a side, not the center that that if we converted to that, that our greenhouse gas emissions would be equivalent to getting all vehicles, all trucks, all cars and ships and planes gone. I mean, that's huge. Um, So and and just that sense of possibility and and that we matter and that other countries are ahead of us in this um, and showing us the way, I think all of that is really important.
2: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, it, it, you know, I, at the Alliance, we, we like to think that we need to bring about personal transformation in our own lives. We need to have a sense of hope, we need to have a, a sense of how do we fulfill our fundamental needs. That is really core and essential. And we need to transform our organizations, our businesses, all of our institutions. And then finally, we need to address public policy. And we can do all three of those things. It's not
0: hard. It's, But it's integrated. And, and when it's integrated, it's naturally highly complex. And humans have sometimes reactions around complexity because it's harder to control and dominate. But if we just let it flow, it kind of all works itself out in some wonderful way. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950 and uh, in studio is Terry Gibbs and joining us from Boston Francis Morelepay. Oh. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund. And uh, joining me in studio is Terry Gibbs. He's the founder of um, the Alliance for Sustainability. And joining us from Boston is Frances moore um, author of Diet for a Small Planet in 1971 and uh, several other books, 19 other books. And when we're on break, uh, Francis, you wanted to mention um, deforestation and water and how our food system impacts that, All the global system right. impacts that.
1: Right, because deforestation is happening throughout the world, and it's it's part of a biodiversity loss crisis. And I, I love to quote uh, David Attenborough. He, many people know his work in the UK. And he has pointed out that we are facing the sixth great extinction of of, of species on Earth, and that changing our diet is the most powerful step that we can take, the most powerful single step we can take to address this this incredible loss. And um, that choosing uh, plant-centered diets, he projects would cut in half the land needed to grow food and still produce enough. So David Attenborough, I just adore his work and that's uh, really inspired me. Uh, so I think, and then the other thing was, I don't think people grasp the water use in a grain-fed meat-centered diet and in agriculture in general. And now that we hear about the, the loss of, of, of communities who rely on uh, the water, loss of water for communities that rely on the Colorado River, it's a time to really focus on that. And um, that, um, that production of livestock feed uh, uses about 41% of agricultural water uh, worldwide. So that's really, really important. And uh, so I think I've said that how many gallons, right, please. But, um, you know, just to include uh, our waste of water into our understanding of what a plant-centered diet, and by the way, I haven't told you yet, but I have a new label for myself. I've stopped calling myself a vegetarian and I now call myself a planetarian. And what I mean by that is that our food choices affect all these different dimensions, you know, from water and deforestation and agricultural chemicals with the dead zones they're creating, and on and on, uh, and killing farm workers, etc., uh, etc. I say as if that's a small thing; it's huge. So um, I think this idea of planetarian is is uh, so much more inclusive mm-hmm. that you certainly don't have to be a strict vegetarian or vegan, but moving in that way, um, we can all recognize the planetary implications of every bite that we take.
2: I love that. Uh, can I can I be an organic vegan planetarian?
1: Yes, you may. All right, but thank you. As long as you <laughs> don't wag your finger. And you're I do not, not wagging. No wagging. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I I'm pretty much close to vegan. There's only one thing, Terry, is keeping me. It's Parmesan
2: cheese. <laughs> we're, we're doing better with the vegan Parmesan, but we've got a ways to go okay. still.
1: Okay,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. Okay. Um, and so uh, Terry, we're gonna do another shout out for the event, uh, but yeah. people because this will air this uh, Saturday, so people mm-hmm. need to sign up really um, by Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Um, yeah. So sign up soon.
2: Yeah. The event is May 18th, and they can go to afors.org, Alliance for Sustainability. Um, uh, and, and all the information is there. As I said, we're, we're excited that we're, thanks to a generous donor, we're gonna be able to offer the program itself and the dessert reception and book signing with Frankie um, uh, for $25. So we're really excited about that to be able to have that. And one of the things we're going to do is we're going to give out these sustainability awards. And so we're giving an award to our Lieutenant Governor, uh, Peggy Flanagan, the highest uh, elected Native American official uh, in the United States, so we're very excited about that. And uh, Keith Ellison, who is our attorney general for the state of Minnesota and the first Muslim elected to Congress, so very excited about that. And then the co-owners of French Meadow Bakery and Cafe, which is almost as old as the Alliance is, it's the oldest continually operating organic bakery in the country. And, wow. uh, to, yeah, and, and that's to uh, Steve Shapiro and Lynn Gordon. Uh, who've created that, and and they'll be there, and it'll be wonderful to celebrate with them at their restaurant where it all began, and then also uh, our board chair Colly Graddick, um, who's been a leading voice in the co-op movement of Southern Black cooperatives, and um, and has led Community Table Co-op, and so. We're excited about that. And then finally, um, Leo Cashman. Leo has uh, been... I worked
0: on the Willstone campaign with Leo.
2: Leo's been in pretty much anything that's progressive for a long time. He's been our accountant for 40 years from our very beginning. And he began with the Infant Formula Action Coalition. He was their treasurer and the Nestle boycott. And then he's the head of the Dental Mercury Amalgams and Alternative Health um, areas. And so he's, he's amazing. So th- th- we've got these six amazing people we're celebrating, our heroes and sheroes, as Maya Angelou would say.
0: And so we're down to our last two minutes, or a little more than two minutes. I want to give each of you an opportunity. I mean, um, Francis, your book came out 50 years ago. Um, what do you see for the future?
1: Well, I want to end by emphasizing what I think that is important, especially for young people, that one of the great things about getting old is that you can see that real change has occurred. And so I just want to emphasize that even here in our country, where we have so many anti-democracy parts of our system, that there, when I was a young person, when I was out of college, we had the war on poverty. Now, Reagan came in and said poverty won, but no, no, no. We cut poverty rate in half in a decade and I was got to be part of that and so there have been these big moments where we've come together as a people and we've put big resources and made big changes and so I just want to underscore that when I began everything we're talking about uh, was really not understood at all and now so many people get it Uh, the sustainable farming and organic and and plant centered the huge impact. And that's a relatively short period of time. So I just want to underscore, especially for young people, as I say, that that real change has happened in the past and we can do it again. And with this much more knowledgeable new generations coming up.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I feel that um, we, we hope we're going to be partnering with Frankie and with her, um, Small Planet Institute and numerous other groups, and you know business groups and all different types of organizations, Rotary clubs and others, to really bring about a fundamental change. And and I think that um, in by working together and collaborating. Um, We we actually make up more than a third, people who are committed to sustainability, health, equity, and kindness, make up more than a third of our population. And Cesar Chavez used to say, to win a boycott takes only 6% of the people. So we have far more than enough people to be able to drive the kind of fundamental change that we want. We just need to be able to create a livable democracy that is really functioning, and we need to be able to come together
0: come together and um, so I thank you so much uh, Frances Moore LePay um, co-author of 20 books um, and on themes like Living Democracy and her landmark book Diet for the uh, Small Planet and Terry Gibbs uh, with the Alliance for Sustainability we'll look forward to seeing you on Thursday and thank you so much for all your work and you know it, it, it's going to be a great future yeah what a joy And uh, yeah, so hope is power give up on despair